Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider, where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema, On this episode of Cinema Super Collider, we take a look at the 1959 monster movie, The Giant Gila Monster. Yes, the giant beaded lizard. <laughs> Which is Mexican beaded lizard, I believe. Mexican Specifically, yes. Right. Well, this, this whole thing was shot in Texas where there are no Gila monsters. I guess they're in California. Right. Is what I read. Mm-hmm. It's a poisonous form of lizard. Yes. Yes, they are. It's poisonous, but not venomous. Right. I believe in, I don't believe that necessarily it's poisonous. I think that actually the the quote unquote poison on a Gila monster comes from the fact that they have like rampant bacteria on their teeth. Yeah. And when they bite you, it's a bacterial infection. Right. That's like the Komodo dragon. The same effect. Mm. Is, oh, maybe uh, I'm thinking of Komodo dragons. I don't know. Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, everyone. Uh, I'm sure they will. Anyhow, this movie stars a Mexican beaded lizard and nobody, and a bunch or, of a bunch of Texas people. Or are they nobodies? Well, I, some of them were related to the producer, mostly the non-credited parts, I believe. Yeah, but you know, the producer uh, was uh, a guy who owned a bunch of radio stations and movie theaters. I think drive-in theaters specifically, right in Texas. In Texas, and so he was like, "Well, what if we make a movie, and then I can show it at all my stuff and promote my radio stations?" Well, he said, "What if we make two movies?" Well, true, because this was part of a double bill for drive-in uh, movie theaters. And I guess regular movie theaters, too, because that was back in the day when you could do a double bill of a monster This movie. was the B feature. From oh, the, this one was the B one? Yeah. So the other movie that went with it is a movie called The Killer Shrews, which is also horrible. Both of them were done on Mystery Science Theater, by yes. the way. Yes. Uh, I think the fifth season, episode two, is the giant Gila monster well, episode. Oh, look at you. You've been doing your homework. I might have read some facts and figures about the giant Gila monster, the movie. Yeah, I like this picture. I mean, it. I I read, a, researching for the show, I read a bunch of reviews about it, and the largest complaints seem to be that the special effects are bad. Well, yeah, it's a 1950s monster movie made on a low budget by a guy in Texas. Of course well, it's Well, they were like, be- well, you should have used stop motion animation, or you should have, like... These I, people uh, did not have stop motion animation monies. Probably, or resources. Right, and I, and it looks better than, like, the Gargans from uh, Teenagers from Outer Space. Oh, my God, the Gargons. That's the only other choice that you would have. Is a, <laughs> yeah, that's the only other chase, choice. That's the only other choice that you would have would be to, to superimpose it. Or have a guy in a rubber suit. Or have a guy in a... Well, you couldn't have the giant healing monster in a rubber suit. Or I suppose you could. You could. I mean, the, the killer shrews were puppet heads, 
other other than that they were they were coon hounds or something like that that were that, that had like fur stapled to them yeah they had like yeah. it looked like uh, yes. bath mats or or you know like some fluffy rugs or something unfortunate they fabric. ran around yeah yeah, mm, yeah so good. the but i mean they used you you'd used what you had right well that look the 1950s were a time i mean because because when was plan nine plan nine wasn't from the 50s or 60s yeah i i don't know the, the look, date on plan if nine. you wanted to make a movie Back in the day, you used what you had sitting around, and what you had sitting around was not a lot of anything. Even in even in in L.A., you know, when when you're making your Hollywood pictures and stuff, like you still used what was laying around on the back lot. You weren't going out and making big giant stop motion lizards. No, what they had was a beaded lizard and a train board. Yeah, and, and that was basically it. I bet both of those were in somebody's basement. In somebody's basement. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, this movie cost over a hundred thousand dollars to make, and I don't know what that is in today's money, but it's not nothing. It's not cheap. It's I a mean, low budget movie, but it's not a no budget movie. Correct. I mean, there were movies that were made in the '90s for less than a hundred thousand dollars, which looked <laughs> better than this movie. So. Yeah, it was directed by Ray Kellogg and produced by Ken Curtis. And uh, these people are, are fairly interesting. We'll go into that in more detail. But let me sort of sizzle it, summarize the plot yes, for you. Yes, what happens in the giant Gila monster, Eric? Well, in a small rural Texas town, a giant Gila monster starts preying on people. Initially, a couple of kids and then another couple of kids. And then finally, it knocks down a train that's coming through. Our hero is a young man who works at a uh, service station, body shop, something like it's a that. garage. And he's also a singer. And it's up to him, along with the sheriff, to make sure that the kids are safe from the giant Gila monster. And in the end, he ends up blowing up his car by running it into the giant. He jumps out at the last minute in yes. his car, which is full of nitroglycerin, runs into the Gila monster, killing it and saving the town. Mm-hmm. There's also a B story in there with a little girl with polio. Who and, has polio and braces. And braces. And, Not on her teeth. And Yes, and she, he has a girlfriend who was a Miss Universe contestant. Uh, from France. From France. She's yes. French. Yeah, she sure is French. Mm-hmm. And for, just, for no reason other than they had a French actress, I think. Yeah, they just they, they, were just they like, had her there. And, let's just make yeah. up a shitty reason for well, her to be here. Like a, a beautiful girl, and she was, you know, I guess beautiful. I couldn't, I couldn't tell. It's a, everything is so dark well, in it's this a, picture. It's an old movie and a muddy print of the movie that I think most people have access to. Whether you know it was I, we it's watched been released on. It's been remastered and been released on DVD multiple times, and but it, it has we been, didn't see that. It's version. been colorized too. I think in two thousand seven they colorized it to like re-release it with the, the killer shrews yeah. the original I, I imagine we saw it streaming on amazon and i would guess that amazon had the best quality print of oh it. i'm sure it's just it's it was a movie that was made in 1959 so things like film preservation were just not really on on the the high list of things to do with your shitty drive-in movie right and this is the intentional b movie of a movie called The Killer Shrews. Yes, so, which is I not mean, a good movie you know, either. Yeah, you, you're, the amount of like detail that maybe you want to see, I don't know, maybe it, wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't look better if it were more clearly seen and more detailed. Well, first off, we need to explain that this movie is what? It's, it's 88 minutes? Oh, yeah, something like that. It's, like it's, a, it's not it's an not hour even, and a half. No, no it's, it's not, not even 90 that. minutes, no. No, so it's, it's a short movie, and like, at least half of the movie is a, a bunch of guys 
talking about cars and the tires on the cars. Right, and putting their legs up on things. And, and they always, all of the men in this film put their legs up. Like, you know, they got to they gotta put They're going to have a dialogue scene. You got to put your leg put, up. Put, put your, your foot on the chair and lean in so right. that you, you can rest your, your elbows on your knees. That was obviously a directional choice. Well, these guys probably didn't know what to do with their hands in the movie. Well, so. and that's why you gave them car engines to work on, which is a little distracting when they're trying to do dialogue. But right. it did give them something to do. Right. It's uh, uh, It's inexplicable amount of padding and filler although i guess it's i guess it's not really inexplicable i guess they really needed to do it but even with with a short movie like this you would hope that the action would kind of move along but you there's would, not a lot of action you would hope that there's more gila monster action there's really like the, the there's gila a- monster gets top billing but the gila monster is not even really that important in the movie i mean no, it's he just, just ha- a MacGuffin. he just hangs out really I mean, there's one, there is one. He's scene. kind of adorable, really. He, I mean, he's very cute. He is a cute Gila monster. He's a very cute. Very cute Look, beaded lizard. I like lizards, guys. I like reptiles. They're fun. They're also kind of, I know some people don't like them because they're scaly and like people are afraid of them, but like, nah, 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 nah. We like the, we like the lizards over here. At no point in the movie is the lizard actually frightening or menacing. No, not one. I mean, to the characters in the film, it is, but- as a as a viewer of the movie, it just looks kind of cute and adorable. Maybe I mean, not as cute as the Lepus in Night of the Lepus. Well, bunnies. Bunnies are cute. Bunnies are cute. They, they were lizards. like, you know, you had bunny puppets with like bloody fangs and stuff. So that made them a little scary. This mm-hmm. was just a, just a lizard on a train board. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess to model train enthusiasts, the lizard would be a little scary. Oh, you know what? That might be interesting. What model train was that? I bet like a Lionel Trains expert could tell you yeah. what model train that was in the scene where the lizard knocks down the bridge and the model train crashes into the ravine. Yeah. I'm just wondering how long it took them to like get the lizard to do certain things because for the most part the lizard just sort of walks around in in behind plants yeah well the lizard knocks down the train the bridge that the train right. goes over a head way well well before the train yeah, crosses the, there's no so train. they didn't have like the train and the lizard in the same shot no they just had to like there was probably a fly and a stick or something and the and the lizard had to crawl you know just, in this little set they put a little roach out in front of yeah, it just right so it was, on a little it was, string it was crawling the right, right direction right and so yeah and he could like burst through the the little train board set under there and broke it and i mean i think that he got it on film i think the only point where there might have been a little lizard mishandling was there's a scene where all of the kids are at a and forgive me because i could not distinguish whether it was a platter party or a flatter party. I think it's platter party. And I looked- I'm pretty sure it's a platter party. All the reviews refer to it as a sock hop. Which is what I would have called it. Because it's a bunch I didn't of, notice the footwear of the people. I didn't know that well, they, they were Well, they didn't they didn't they didn't shoot the full bodies of any of the people dancing. Yeah. They but had it, a full room though. They did. They, they had they, a lot of people there. They crammed every possible inch of that whatever barn. I think it's a barn that they're in. Yeah, something like they, that. Yeah. They cram every inch of that barn with teenagers who are actually played by like twenty five to thirty five year olds. Barn dances were a big thing back then. Well you had a W L S the big radio station in Chicago at its big claim to fame was like the national barn dance, which it did on Saturdays or something. Hmm. I mean, you got space in your barn if you don't have animals in it. And you got an AM radio station when there's only six AM stations in the country. You I know? mean, it's like, what are, your dis- what are you going to listen to? Yeah. Ben Crosby or the barn dance? I don't know. Uh, you know? The barn dance sounds uh, more exciting. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, dance. look, you didn't have Netflix back then. You couldn't just watch movies and shit. You yeah. you, you had to go to a drive-in to see a crappy movie. Right, you, you had to go to the drive-in to see a shitty movie. Right, I mean, and, uh, you know, TV, like, at a certain time in the evening, TV just stopped happening. Then you got, you got the American Eagle and the, the test pattern. So if you wanted right. excitement, you had to go I'm out. I'm old enough to remember those days. I'm also old enough to remember oh, those really? days. Oh, really? I would have thought that that was, like, when you were a wee little baby. They still had the eagle slash, because at least here in Chicago, like the, the thing that would, would come on before the test pattern was like an American eagle with a flag flying oh, in the they background. they always did the national anthem like right before they went mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And then, the TV and then the test And it was pattern. only the local stations, I think. I yes. think the, the, the networks had shows. I don't know. I was no. a kid. I went to sleep. So I, well, I, I mean, like, it, it depended on how late you were up. I think even the networks... At a certain point. Maybe so. The local affiliate networks would do it. Yeah. Well, I'm old enough to remember, but I'm so old that I don't remember. (laughs) So (laughs) it's in that sweet spot. I don't remember seeing it past like the late 90s. I think that it kind of fell out of favor. It's just when I first was out of college, we did not decide to pay for cable because it just we were poor and we didn't have enough money for that. So we just had broadcast TV. And I watched a lot of really shitty broadcast TV because it was the only thing that my roommate and I had access to, Um, which is how I've seen a number of really crappy like WB shows. But before the WB was like the WB, it was like on, on WGN here in Chicago. Right, right. Well, I, you know, I watched creature features and horror films ever since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I really loved them from being just a young child. I remember seeing this as a young child on the Vampira show when mm-hmm. I was living in California as a kid. So yeah. that's how old I am. Vampira was still on. Yeah. I remember as a kid, that's one of these are, this is one of like young little boy Eric's moments where I, like, I mean, Vampire. Vampira was like, oh, yeah. it's, it's like I Dream of Genie when I saw Genie and I Dream of Genie. It had the same effect on young Eric, which is like. Barbara Eden had a big, <laughs> big like, effect on you. Oh, Barbara Eden was, was, uh, uh, uh beautiful Mm -hmm. i mean she was just she was just uh you know and and she was so bubbly and friendly she appealed to a little boy right and vampire was just spooky and and oh yeah she was yeah i didn't know what it meant to be hot in those days i remember when we left california to move to chicago i was really sad that vampire wasn't on anymore yeah because you got to trade up for sven and he's uh well yeah everybody said you could watch sven or creature features and i was like but but vampire I, I I want to see the vampire in the middle these movies kind of suck but yeah I remember seeing this movie as a little kid I don't remember particularly liking it or disliking it I just remember that it was like a giant Gila monster which I thought was pretty cool I mean this is a drive-in film you didn't have to pay attention to it really for the most part like the cool no part, it's for making out with your girlfriend yeah, for, or whatever, yeah or your, like, your boyfriend you or know, hanging out with your friends you know over by the concession stand or in your in your 32 Ford in your <laughs> deuce coupe there were so many cool old 32 Fords in this movie everyone was like a 32 deuce coupe hot rod mm-hmm. and they they looked well I mean they <sighs> In 1952, they were 20 years old. So these were only 25-year-old cars at that time. Right. So, I mean, and they they looked hot. I well, mean, they just like they looked just super cool. And one of the old guys, like the old actors in this film, Old Man Harris is the character. You know, the 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 young whippersnappers, you know, the 35-year-olds, they all want to buy his car cuz it's, you know, it's this classic old, you know, whatever coupe. And he's like, "No, no, 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 no." He's like, "Cars are like marriages." 
you you only buy one or you only get one, you know, never two. And it's like, how many years have you had this? And I think at some point he says like he's had the car for 26 years or something. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. He's like, I paid 2000 for it. Or no, 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 it wasn't no, that. He paid $695 for his car. Oh, yeah. And he's not going to sell it unless he gets $695 yeah. he for He said, it. yeah, like last year, someone would have given me 200 No, no, no. He said $100. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, our, our hero offers him 200 and he won't sell. I think, yeah, it's a progressive dial-up. I think first it's 150 and then it's 200. Well, this guy was played by an actor called Suge Fisher. Uh-huh. He's a, you would think he was a nobody, but he really was a somebody. Yeah. It was a very interesting history. He was uh, born to a poor family. He grew up and played barn dances with his father. His father used to play fiddle and then he played fiddle. And then when he grew up a little bit, his father started playing fiddle again. He started playing playing guitar, right? Mm -hmm. So he was playing guitar for these barn dances and uh, hoedowns and stuff until he got a gig on a radio station. And they paid him an exposure. And I just want to hear, I just want to tell you what what he said. This was in 1927. He said, publicity's fine, but you can't eat it. My motto is, you pay me something or I don't play. 1927. Yeah. That's a hundred years ago, give or take. Pretty much. And it's still the same. Yeah. And you can't get on the radio either. You can't get it. Well, you can broadcast yourself for free. Yeah. You know. I mean, we we have our own radios now, just like we have our own TV channels, right? Because we have YouTube and SoundCloud and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, this guy played in a million different bands, in a lot of different country bands, in bluegrass bands, in the East, and in Appalachia, and in California, and in Texas, all over the place he wrote the theme song for the searchers with uh, john wayne john wayne uh uh-huh uh he he had like a very long and interesting life he was he decided at one point that he wanted to be a comedian singer performer and his shtick was that he would stutter oh that sounds annoying to me but okay cool comedy yeah the the where you can find him is if you know or if you look for the Tom and Jerry cartoon, Pecos Pest. Okay. Uh, Jerry the Mouse has his little friend from Texas come in who plays guitar and sings Froggy Went a Courtin' and he did ride, and he'd stutter. Oh, and that and was him? That was him. Oh, okay. That was him who was the... And he did a bunch of other voices for things. Sure. He was on Gunsmoke. I think all of the guys in the show were on Gunsmoke. I think everybody was on Gunsmoke at one point, yeah. But yeah, the the guy who's just sort of like the, the old... He's an old drunk. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's so... Okay. <laughs> For, for this movie, there are so many people that are drinking and driving in this film. And it's just like a product of its time that no one is... I mean, people are like, you shouldn't do that, dude. It's probably bad. You're going to... Well, the sheriff at one point like takes, takes, his, takes his keys away from yeah. him and says, go, go, go sleep, sit it in, up. You know, sleep in the drunk tank. Right. Right. But like, we are introduced to multiple characters that are drinking and driving and not and just crashing their cars that was like the concern wasn't really that like you're going to kill someone it was like you're going to bust up your car and you don't want to do that right it's a nice car so eh, maybe lay off the booze yeah well the movie gets off to a quick start with a young couple making out in their deuce coop probably i don't know it's a I don't, hot actually rod. i don't think it was i think it was a pontiac or something eh, well i don't i don't know i don't know the anyway difference. it's they're, they're making out and they go look up there and a giant foot stamps on them yes and that's the beginning of the movie right we don't see a gila monster yet we just see a giant 
foot. We see a foot. We see it from their perspective. It's like the foot is coming down right on you. Mm -hmm. Pretty scary, huh? I guess. Well, that's what kicks off the movie. Now, I did find out an a interesting thing about... So it's got like the giant Gila monster like uh, opening title card. has like this cool like monster, like claw um, Oh, right. Yeah, the font. font mm-hmm. Right. Danzig, Glenn Danzig, used the same font for his solo albums and stuff. Oh, not for the Misfits. It, no, looks, not, like, it looks a little like the Misfits font. It's not the Misfits, but it's his solo stuff. I, I think Danzig is his is what he calls himself when he's a solo performer. But yeah, apparently he, he was like, oh, that's cool. I'll use that. So there you right. go. Well, so it, the, the, these kids disappear. So some, uh, uh, one of the kids is the uh, son of a local oil baron. And the oil baron goes to the sheriff and says, you got to find my kid because he disappeared last night. And the sheriff kind of thinks, well, maybe he eloped with his girlfriend because they were both in the car. Because that's what missing persons reports were like in the 50s. It's not like you were horribly murdered or you maybe you crashed and you died because there's nine million drunk drivers out there. But no, you ran off with your girlfriend to get married, not to... it was hinted at later in the film, uh, pretty obviously, I think, that maybe she got a little bit preggers, and that's why they had to go elope. Oh. Because there was that. no other alternative but to get married. Right, of course. Otherwise, she'd be a marked woman, you know. Shame. And, I mean, this is Texas. You still can't get an abortion in Texas. I don't, I don't think you can now. I don't know. Maybe you can. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> So, so he's he the sheriff has to go uh, looking for these missing kids, right? Right, and the sheriff, um, it's 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 just him. There's no other law enforcement anywhere in God knows how many thousands of miles, and so he's kind of deputized by default. Our hero, well, Ch- but, Chase, right? But let me let me just br- break in first and say that the sheriff is played by a guy named Fred Graham. Okay, nobody you never heard of him. But he got started as a stuntman. In fact, he was the stuntman for Basil Rathbone in The Adventures of Robin Hood. Oh, a a movie that we actually did an episode on a billion years ago. He was also John Wayne's personal stuntman for a whole lot of John Wayne movies. Oh, I wonder if he also got cancer from being in the Death Valley. Probably from smoking. Or that. (laughs) Everybody was smoking. If you were next to John Wayne, you could probably die from cigarette smoke cancer. True. Well, I mean, I I think that the, the... common suspicion of his cancer was not due to smoking it was due to having to shoot all those scenes in the in the desert where they did the atomic testing he was also influential in bringing filming to arizona that made arizona the great capital of movies that it is yes yeah i can think he did more than anyone else to bring the movie business to to arizona to bring the industry into hmm, phoenix i I don't know what was in arizona at the time i think the guy that did uh uh, Manos, the Hands of Fate, did more for Arizona than than this guy did. Was but that in Arizona? I think it was. Oh, no, no, that was Texas. I was going to say, I thought that, that was, was Texas. Texas. The Texas guy, that's yeah. right. Well, Look, so. there's a lot of people in Texas with a lot of money that have way too much time on their hands and not enough things to spend it on. So they all decided that they wanted to make movies. And it, I have yet to see one of them from this period of time that was any good. Right. Well, I interrupted you. You were going to talk about the the hero of the I was of, just, this, of the picture. Here. I was just saying that our sheriff, because he's a little shorthanded, is like, well, I got to go deputize those teenagers that are actually played by thirty five year olds and the head of the teenage gang of drag racers, basically. Because look, uh, look, I grew up in Kansas. 
And once you get out on the country roads, there's really nothing going on out there. So I got to imagine it's the same thing in Texas. There's a lot of space. So if you want to race your cars, go for it, you know? Uh, I got no problem with it. I mean, they were still drag racing in Kansas in the 80s and 90s when I lived there. Um, but yeah, so Chase, our hero, who has a French girlfriend who's very French, uh, he's in charge of this group of teenage drag racers, of which the opening credits teenagers are part of the gang. And so yeah, he's, it's like the most like, like non-criminal gang. This guy was, he was a born a Mormon in Utah, by the way. Oh, Don Sullivan. Don Sullivan. That's the actor who yeah. plays Chase. Don Sullivan, who's also a nobody. He, right? Yes, but he's got several songs on this particular movie soundtrack. He does. And he also studied acting at the Beverly Hills Playhouse under Sandy Meisner. Oh, okay. Well, he, he was taught wow. by Meisner. Meisner technique coming in here. Not that you can see any of that on display in this particular performance. He he started in the acting class during an actor strike in 1960. So he was kind of striking while the iron was hot. Oh, so... He wasn't he wasn't in a lot of movies. No, he was like in four movies, I think. Right. Or, but but he studied acting under Sandy Meisner. He so, did. you know, that's, that's something. He also studied chemistry and was a uh, cosmetic chemist in the hair industry. Right. He for many started decades. Redken and the Vidal Sassoon uh brand product mm-hmm. brand. Yeah. Not the not the salon or the guy. No. That that would be weird if he started Vidal right. Sassoon the well, guy. Well, he studied chemistry in college on the GI Bill. Uh-huh. Because he was in World War II. Because that was the thing that was available for people back in the day. He also played ukulele and sang like an angel. Oh, my God. And he told all the children to laugh. Right. It all makes sense now that he's a Mormon, though, because he's... It does. It does a little bit more. I don't know that he even drinks a Coke in this movie. I don't think. Everybody's drinking Coca-Cola. There's a lot of mobile products and a lot of Coca-Cola He does offer someone a cup of coffee at one point, but he does not drink any of it. So, yeah. Hmm. So... So anyway, he's the leader of the local youth gang. Yes. Who the, are all like, they're all drag race. They drag race each other, which is not good. Shame right. on them for drag racing. Mm-hmm. The sheriff doesn't like it. No dragging, you kids. Yeah, but they do it anyway. But they do it. Well, because there's nobody on the streets. There, and there's nothing going on in this part of Texas. Right. N- not at all. Right. Except for a Gila monster. In fact, <laughs> there, there <laughs> if is, it worked for the Gila monster, there'd be nothing going on. There, there is a point in this movie when they're... they're Coming to terms with the fact that there is a giant lizard that is the cause of all of these these horrible disappearances and murders and stuff. And the sheriff is like, you know, who knows what's out there in, in you know, the hills? It's not like anybody goes out there. I mean, when's the last time you went down to blah, 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 gorge? And the guy he's talking to is like, well, pff, never. I've never been down there. And he's like, yeah, exactly. We got no idea what's over there. So there, apparently the theory is there are completely uncharted sections of Texas where giant monsters can just grow up and no one can notice because no one goes there. That's just a plausible theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he goes to this guy and says, help us find, you know, what happened to these people. And they find some skid marks on the road. Which they talk about just extensively. Endlessly. There's, like you said, there's a lot of talk about cars. Yes. Uh, And tire condition on the cars. There's a lot about tire condition. on. There's a whole subplot about him stealing tires from the car that went off the road. Right. Because no one's going to claim the wreck because people are dead. So why wouldn't he just take tires off of a crime scene? 
right? Like, right. Well, well, and legitimately, and, right? There's also another guy who's like a traveling salesman or something who has he gets eaten and just leaves a suitcase by the side of the road. Which I don't know if you noticed is the same suitcase that little Missy. Oh broke, yeah, they only had one suitcase. broken legs. Or yeah. It takes to her friend. I thought it was the same one. It is I, exactly I mean, yeah, the, same the same suitcase. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I shouldn't say broken legs. She has polio legs. Yeah. She's wearing braces on her legs and she's learning to walk again. So yes. that's good. It's, it's the an Lord uplift. says laugh, children laugh. Yes, but laugh. The, yes the, yeah. the song starts out about being a sad mushroom. We're talking about, of course, Don Sullivan sings three songs in this movie. Uh, one which is sort of improvised while he's pounding dents out of a piece of uh, a car's body, which essentially goes, I sing whenever I sing, whenever I sing. And then he rhymes things to the word yeah. sing. My baby gives me a thing, and My then I give swings, her a diamond sing, ring, and then we go. Swings whenever I bring her things. She swings and sings and swings for little diamond rings. Swing and sing and bells are ring and happy playing and pleasure ring and baby. My baby she rocks and rolls and rocks whenever she walks. My baby she swings and sings and swings whenever I bring her things. A rock and roll and tippy toe and never know and always glow and swing and sing and bells are ring and happy fling. Pleasure ring and baby. Pounding, pounding with a hammer. Pounding yes. with a hammer with a, a hungover guy in the next room. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Mm. We will get to that. Actually, I think that's about where that's we about are. That's about where right we are right, right, now. right now. Well, the reason there's a hungover guy in the next room while he's singing and pounding things is that, uh, a, as I mentioned, everyone in this movie is drunk and driving. Uh, he happens upon a drunk man who crashes his car he has a fancy caddy by he's the got way. a nice cadillac oh yeah. yeah that's beautiful he crashes his car in a ditch and chase assumes that the crash was caused by the fact that the man is seriously inebriated but no it's because there was a giant gila monster in the road and he swerved to avoid it smart guy mm-hmm. still he was so drunk he went into the ditch right and then he 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 was very confused about being in his car while it was hooked up to a tow truck Right, he starts the car while the tow truck's got him up on the hoist. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah. the and whole thing. Our guy just... comes out, he's like, hey, what the hell are you doing? You can't start that car. And he's like, oh, my steering wheel doesn't work. And it's like, because you're on the hoist on a tow truck. Yeah. Just go to sleep in your, in your car, Right. okay, as he tows him away. Well, we find out after he uh, recovers himself that he is none other than Sledgehammer Smith, the radio DJ. Oh, wow, he can make or break your career as a singer. And he's super rich, too, because he pays Chase three whole dollars for the toe and the fix, and then he gives him two 20s. Right. First of all, Chase doesn't want to charge him at all. Which is... It's it's, like, so, like, what do I owe you for towing me in and saving my fucking life? Nothing. Nothing. Well, you know, maybe two dollars. Two dollars for the gas for the tow truck. That'll be fine. Yeah. He's like, well, you towed me. And he's like, I was going this way anyway. Well, <laughs> so, no, not only did he tow him. See, he, this is how nice Mormons are. That's he, how they are. He towed him and fixed the dents on the body of his car and filled in the cracks of the paint, but not all of them. Right. He didn't get to do a finished job. He's like, if you want to hang out here, I can like buff it out for you and make it look as good as new. Right. And the guy's like, no, nah, I'll get that done at the caddy dealership. Thank you very much. Yes, I, I got to go. Yeah, right. And he's like, uh, well, I guess $3 for the toe is fine if you want to pay it. And then he gets $40 instead. Yeah. And it's like, hot dog, I got $40. That's more money than I've ever seen in my life. I know. Now he can buy a whole um, 
truck. Somebody was going to buy a blower to put on their car, a, a supercharger, and it was $200, I think, which mm. had to be a lot of money in those days. I, I would think uh, well, so. Well, because he offers $200 for that other car, so that's like the price of a used car in those days. Mm-hmm. So uh, a supercharger on your on your deuce coupe is an expensive proposition, I guess. It's true. Anyhow, he so the he, he brings goes, this drunken guy in to the station, right, where the gas station where he works doing the body work and stuff. And he's like waking up in the other room and hears this guy singing whenever I sing, whenever he's he's keeping time by hitting this this uh, uh, hammer on, on the fender of the car that he's fixing, you mm-hmm. know. And that guy comes out and he's like, "Oh, I like the way you sing." Yeah, I don't think it was so much like that. I think it was like well, you could see the wheels turning though. Yeah, I think it was more like you woke me up with your fucking hammer and your yeah. inane song. Please yeah. take my money and let me go away. Yeah, he's like other people would kill you for what you're doing yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he gives him his his business card. Is basically the end result is that he gets the business card. He gets and re- the business card, yeah. and then Chase realizes who he is. Right, and then apparently they talk at some point and meet. Yeah, we, we off camera. There, we don't yes, see happen. And he records a record too, which will get played later on. Yeah, I think it's a like a, a a final polished version of the sing whenever I sing song. No, it's not. It's oh, a totally it's a different, different song. song. Oh, okay. There are three songs that he sings in oh, this. The mushroom song. The There's sing a sad mushroom song. The yeah. sing when I sing song. And then the sock up song. And then the sock up song. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are three different songs. Even though one of them does get a reprise. Oh, the mushroom song. The sad it. mushroom song. Right. Yes. Oh man, all the kids at the sock hop love the sad mushroom song played kids, on the ukulele. You know what kids love? They love songs about God and children laughing. Oh my God. While it's, played on a ukulele. That's like something that you would sing at like Bible school camp. Yes, it is. Not to a group of, of teenagers who've just been dancing to sort of the blues no, to like, version. Like grade school kids. Oh yeah. You know, around a campfire. Uh-huh. It's like Kumbaya, except yeah. about mushrooms. Sad mushrooms. Sad mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Don't eat the sad mushrooms. Don't. Eat the happy mushrooms. It, yes. As we've, Advice from me. As we've previously stated in our, in our, in our episode about uh, Dead Hand, definitely... In between, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) in in between uh, 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 talking about drugs and uh, all the different psychedelics that you can take. uh, We talked a little bit about the movie Dead Ant. Yes, we we talked a lot about keyboard players and and drummers and stuff. Whatever, it doesn't matter. That was a giant ant movie. This is a giant lizard movie. And in between scenes in this film, you see like the giant lizard. He's just walking around. He's just walking around. He's got a cute little tongue. Mm-hmm. He's like tasting the air. Does some tongue flicks. Oh, and the the score, the musical score for this is really interesting. I don't know who the composer is, but it's a really spacey theremin mm-hmm. score. Look, it's like this really spooky sound and it's it's great. I really dig it. My theory about 1950s sci-fi movies and monster movies is that every studio had one guy with a theremin and they were like, it's your time, man. We don't even care what it sounds like. Just come here and make spooky noises on your like your weird light bulb machine and uh, we'll pay you money. And then unfortunately, the time of the theremin was over in the 60s at some point and then they had to just pack up their theremins and go home. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I also want to talk a little bit about the director of this picture. Yeah, which go is for it. Ray Kellogg. Mm-hmm. And he was a special effects expert. In fact, during World War II, he was with the OSS, which later became the CIA. And he was in charge of doing special photography mm-hmm. during the Second World War. 
what does that OSS. What does special photography entail? I don't entail? know. Maybe it was like train boards of Germany with... With lizards like, on like them? Dangerous lizards, you know? I mean, if I was an SFX guy... Like a giant praying mantis, like, <laughs> go, coming going across the, the Sudetenland. They were just... They were, they were throwing propaganda pictures of giant grasshoppers eating buildings at the Germans. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't really a director. He was a special effects guy. <laughs> believe it or not. What? Yeah, and uh, they they were just uh, like you know, despite the fact, like I said, everybody's complaining about the special effects of this movie. For fuck's sake, it's nineteen fifty nine. All right, enough of that. I mean, there's look, they, it's it's a movie with the lizard in look, it. Look, he like a st- scenes followed one another in a motion picture type of way that gave the impression that this was an actual movie, uh-huh. and he did a perfectly good job of that. I mean, he's, you know. It is a movie. Yeah. It's a solid three-star review, you know. Or on a 10-star system, it's a solid five-star review for the for the technical competence of what he did. Sure. I mean, it's like there's not an artistic shot in this whole thing. No. But, there's a lot of men putting their feet up on things, though. <laughs> there's, there's a, lot, <laughs> there's so there's a many, lot of talk so about. So much crotch-like shot because of, like, the, the stance. Everybody had to stance. And oh it, yeah, and it all involved putting their feet on things. Yeah, well, that's the way cowboys did it. I guess you know, like I guess if you were on the ranch, you'd always put your foot up on like is the, that a is the that bottom, a cowboy yeah thing? Yeah, because you're always you, yeah because there was a fence and stuff. Yeah, there's always a fence. You'd mm. put your boot up. On I guess the low, that makes sense. Of the fence, right? I guess that makes sense. Anyhow, this there's in between all of this, the B plot kicks in. Oh right, and we 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 are joined uh, at Chase's home where he has an interesting interaction with his mother that involves him lifting her up off the floor and spinning her around in kind of an odd way uh, that I would say is more of what you do with your girlfriend than your mom. But hey, what do I know? Uh, He's a Mormon, I'm telling you, man. That's true. So we, we, we find out that little Missy, I think is her name. Yeah, his little sister. His little sister has received her leg braces and she's been practicing walking because she had the polio. Right. So she's having People to learn. to worry about that shit in the days. But like, I guess we're going to worry about that in the future, too. I guess so. People skip their vaccines. Jesus fucking you know? Christ. Yeah. Look, people out there, I'm just going to say this. My aunt, who recently passed away, she had polio when she was a kid, and she was very, very sick. And her entire life, she had problems because she had polio. If you are a parent and you are seriously considering not vaccinating your children, like, please get them vaccinated. Like, I, wa- I watched this person who I loved dearly over the entirety of my life have problem after problem after problem because she had polio when she was a kid. So just right. do it. Just- it's, it's a drop on a sugar cube. The pol- It's an oral vaccine. You just give a kid a sugar cube. Really? That's all. Yeah. Just don't get stuck with a needle even. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember getting... Well, I must have been very young when yeah. I got, got my... Yeah. I don't know. Probably. Anyway, just do... Just get your kid... You could just a drop on your tongue, just too. Just get your kids vaccinated. Don't make him get. Don't make him get 1950s diseases. Oh yeah. Otherwise, know, right. otherwise, someone's going to come sing a song about a sad mushroom at them, which is right. what happens. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he sings a little song about the sad little mushroom. And uh, there's a little uh, banjo lele there. Mm-hmm. You know, ukulele banjo. Yes. And he plunks along on it and, and sings I, this. Lord I, laugh, the children laugh. I the, desperately hope that Eric can find the song so that you can listen to a portion of it right now. Oh yeah. And just think to yourself that this is what they were trying to say was going to be on Top 40 Radio back in 1959. There was a mushroom, sad little mushroom. There was a meadow, 
ready to cry There was a sparrow Gray little sparrow There was an eagle Silent and high And the Lord said Laugh, children laugh The Lord said laugh Children laugh The Lord said laugh Children laugh The Lord said laugh And the Lord, he said, I created for you A world of joy from out of the blue And all that is left to complete the joy Just the laugh of a girl and boy Yeah, yeah, yeah And there was a garden Right, we weren't yeah. lying, were we? Okay. Right. Um, this song will reappear later on in the movie mm. at a social function. Right. Well, this is about the time the train derails, right? Yes, the train. Oh, no, the train, the, the, the toy train. The, the lizard breaks the bridge like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. The, the train, the freight train derails yes. on the bridge. Falls Hopefully right nobody was hurt. Uh, hundreds of people were hurt well <laughs> we don't see it was it. a freight train yeah you know there's okay there, there's maybe dozens, the engineer and dozens the of hobos dozens of hobos <laughs> yes, were riding armed. the rails yeah, yes yes hobo hobo carnage and uh <laughs> at the same time they're having a big sock hop down at the barn it's either a platter party or a flatter party but i think it's a platter party right so all the action converges at the barn we where, got a dj right we got kids who are not kids dancing Right. We got uh, a French girlfriend. Right. We got uh, uh, we got Chase, who's there for right. reasons, and uh, everybody's having a good time until the lizard pokes his head through the wall. Ah, lizard! Yes, the lizard busts open the wall, and this is where I think that's so cute. I, it, so cute. The lizard's very cute, but I do think that this is maybe where the lizard got manhandled a little bit because it was like we need the lizard to go through the wall, and there was just probably yeah. a PA on the other side of the little like. Yeah, there's the like little, little balsa wood. The, yes, like, the little wall. And yeah. they just, they had the lizard and they're just kind of going, eh, get yeah. through there. Push, push, push. Go, just go, go. Just go through. Crunch. He goes through the wall and everybody screams and runs out. And the sheriff shoots it. And the sheriff shoots it. And, and, it and the lizard off. tries to run away. And then our hero blows it up with a car full of dynamite. Well, there's a chase involved. Well, there is a chase involved. Chase is involved in a chase. Of course. And one thing that we did. He's got the fastest car in the country. He did. Right. But one thing that does happen somewhere in the middle of the movie is Chase's employer, uh, who owns the garage he works at, brings some nitroglycerin to the the shop for reasons. I don't really understand what you use nitroglycerin Was on. Was that Gordy? Was the guy that the, owned the shop Gordy? Compton is oh. the guy's name. His name is Compton. Oh, okay. Uh, Compton's Garage, which is all over the tow truck that Chase drives around when he's not driving his souped up hot rod. Uh, so there's four containers of, and these are like, these are like, like peanut butter sized jars of, of, of nitroglycerin. And he goes and he gets the, the nitroglycerin from the garage to go, I guess, blow up the lizard. That's his thought process is like, first you get the nitroglycerin, then you find the lizard, then you explode the lizard. That's, that's how our plan has come into effect. Right. So his girlfriend, who is French is in the car with him and he's like okay if you want to help me out then you got to hold on to this nitro and make sure it doesn't bump into it- itself and explode us and she's like okay and he's like there's no time for us to use conventional roads i'm going to drive through this farmland right and immediately is on 
the bumpiest, he's least even like farm fields of the plowed yes. burrows. Yeah, he's was, bouncing just, all over the place. There's rocks and hunks of dirt and all kinds of shit everywhere. Right. And you see her like trying to hold these jars of nitroglycerin so they don't bump into one another. Uh. And he keeps yelling at her, "Be careful with that!" And it's like, dude, <laughs> you made a choice. Yeah. You, you know. made a choice that was a it was the wrong choice, really. Right. You he had a whole gang. He, well, mean, they kept dying though because the lizard kept eating them. Well, but there were still other people in the gang. Yeah. You know the the you know what's it, what's kind of interesting is a sort of a tangent, but what the hell? Uh, it's kind of interesting. Is there weren't aside from the old man who owned the oil fields, there weren't any really dislikable people. And by the end, he was kind of like he was sort of redeemed himself a little bit too. It was I mean, kind of like mostly likable people in the whole movie. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, I could go either way on Old Man Harris because, you know. He wasn't really that. I, I don't think he rises to the level of villain. No, there's no villains in this. No. The, the, I mean, really, the only villain is the lizard. And it's not really a villain. No. It's just a lizard. His only, his only crime was being born a lizard. He's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, the, the, he ditches her at some point. Well, the thing is, is that Missy, his... his French be, girlfriend. Uh, no, no, no. Missy is his sister. Oh. Sister with the braces. Oh, right. Okay. That aren't for his, her teeth. Right. Uh, she, before he goes to this party, she's like, I'm going to go sleep over at whoever the fuck's umpty Uh I'm going to go to her house and sleep over. And I've packed an entire suitcase... A full-sized suitcase as if I... Man-sized suitcase. Yes, I've I've got my ventriloquist dummy in here and all of my clothes right. and my samples. Yes, I've got everything in this giant suitcase, which might I... Might have been a dead man's suitcase. We don't know. We, that, we're pretty sure, though. He collected the wheels off the dead man's car. So Why wouldn't he, he collect the dead man's suitcase? He just took the hitchhiker suitcase, too. He messed up the, the fingerprinting and everything It's anyway. true, he did. Probably best to just make pretend that it wasn't there. Yeah, you know. yeah, true. Uh, she's like, well, I'm going to go sleep over so you, you could give me a ride. And he's like, well, it's a couple of miles out of my way, but sure, fine, whatever. And it just so happens that as they are driving haphazardly through fields that have been plowed, not trying to get their car blowed up, they end up at the, the Blackwell's house or whoever it was, mm-hmm. you know, Missy's friend's house. And the lizard has been there. And and his oh, right. yeah, the lizard busted like up the, down the little. The they busted little, up the front of the of yeah. the of the set. Right, and they find Missy dramatically like swooned out in the middle of a farm field with her suitcase because I guess she needed to take her suitcase with her. Uh, and that's when the French girlfriend gets out. Oh, oh, to take care of Missy. Yeah, to yeah, stay okay. with Missy, All and right. then that makes sense. And then Chase has the excellent idea of I guess somehow rejiggering his car so that it rams into the lizard yeah, he puts a brick on the accelerator pedal or something something like that oh, and and the the uh chase actually the actor actually jumped out of that car did his own stunt and oh. hurt himself really bad that's why you don't do your own stunts and you yeah. leave it up to the stuntmen yeah he mentioned it in some interview somewhere for like a bad movie podcast from like 20 years ago mm. or a radio show or something like that but he said he he almost couldn't go on with the scene because oh. he was so badly hurt hmm yeah, yeah, again, don't don't do your own stunts, people. Yeah, Especially right. if your if if your director is a stuntman. Was the director that was the stuntman? Uh, no, the uh, uh, the the sheriff was a stuntman. Oh, man. the sheriff was a stuntman. Who w- would have been on set? I mean, do we really think that they had like multiple days shooting out in the in the fucking? Hey, farm this guy field? was like a quadruple threat. He was a singer, sure, dancer, yeah. actor, mm-hmm. uh, uh, chemist, chemist, right, chemist, and and a stuntman. 
you know, did his own stunt. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, yeah, he, he did. He did his own he stunt. He did his own stunt. He did stunt. He's a, he did, he's a stunt. They don't call him stunts, man. That's true. They call true. him stunt. It is a stunt man. man. Right. Yeah. Okay. Single. So if you've done one stunt in your career, you can call yourself a stunt man. Right. Mm-hmm. If you do more, you can call yourself a stunts man. Stuntsman. It's like a huntsman, but a stuntsman. Yes. <laughs> So okay, on the on the on the on the vast scale of cheap, shitty B black and white B movies that involve low special effects to no special effects, would would you consider this a better one, a middleish one? Like, what would your rating be? Oh, I would put this in the middle. This is a solid middle. It's a solid middle because there's so many boring parts in it. There's a lot of tire talk, everybody. There's a lot of tire talk. Which, if you're into that, um, oh my God. But otherwise, I find it kind of charming and enjoyable. I think it's... Look, it's it's kind of sweet. I like movies like this. It's fine. for listening to Cinema Super Collider. You can find us online at anchor.fm, but you can also subscribe to our podcast via any of the major podcast networks, including the Apple Store, Spotify, and others. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you again in the future. Okay.